0: Yes,
1: we are live. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna address the um, the elephant in the room, um, and I'm not talking about Will Smith. Um, it's my glasses. Okay. Let's just, let's just get this over and done with, right? Yes. No. 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 It is. I oh, to get it off. Get it off. Right. So. Oh, you've just been painful. <laughs> so, if anyone knows I love Thunderbirds, and this is brains from Thunderbirds, and I had an opportunity to get a new set of glasses, and I kept losing my old glasses, which were like Benjamin Franklin glasses. I spent half my time in the distillery going, where the F are my glasses? So I have got these monsters, and have I lost them yet? No. So, no, we have now the elephant ice. in the room. So, no further discussion about my glasses. Now, let's move on. Yes, yes, we get it. After about the 50th time, I think that'll wear, wear thin. Um, okay, so tonight, okay, so where are we? We are shooting the shit. I had to read that for a sec. Aussie Crafts Distillers. And we are joined tonight by Nick Hope from a dusty barrel distillery. Nick, how are you, bud?
0: Good, mate. Good. Uh, thanks for having me on the show.
1: Oh, mate. Long time coming, this. Long time coming. Absolutely. Uh, we've, we've had many, many deep dive conversations over the years, technical conversations and other. Um, so it's good to get you on. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So we'll rip into it shortly. Um, my co-host, Luke, is there, very quiet, the guy who's going to constantly just bring up the stupid Urkel picture I, of, all night.
2: I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I, oh, <laughs> oh, shit, my, sorry, my finger slipped there, I was,
3: I, was, I was trying to hit the delete
2: button, but oh,
3: crap. <laughs> oh,
2: shit. I don't oh. know, computers, computers, what do you do?
1: What do you do? You don't touch them. That's what you do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's let's start with uh, for those who don't know, all right? Because we may have a few new viewers, hopefully. Um, anyway, so um, shooting the shit, Aussie crafter still is is all about... <laughs> all about. <laughs> all about. Shooting the shit with people in the industry, particularly distillers, but we also have uh Maltz design, we also have Cooperas, um, mainly Australians, but we also have some internationals as well. We have a lot of fun. We cover some some uh, more challenging topics, and um it's it's not scripted in any way, it just goes the way it goes. So it it can be a wild ride sometimes. So It can indeed. So before we go any further, we always say, what is everyone going to be drinking tonight? So I'll kick it off since then I can shut up after that. (laughs) Um, I am going to drink tonight. So I got this from Mr. Peter Bignall a while ago. I've had it a couple of times. A hopped Hopped malt. malt. Ooh. Which is, um, it's quite topical because we're going to be talking about some some new approaches to whiskey making um, uh, tonight. And so I thought, well, how, how opportune is it to talk about a hopped malt? So mm-hmm. 46% and that's what I'm just poured into my glass. So, Nick, what are you drinking, cool. mate?
0: This is our rice whiskey cool. coming cool. on board.
1: Nice whiskey. So I
0: okay. Snuck up to the shed and uh, took a wee sample out of the barrel. Nice.
1: And that's what I'm having tonight. So Excellent. it's um, nice. yeah,
0: very interesting.
1: Right. Well, that'll be. That'll be interesting. Do. You haven't tasted it for a while, so um, it'll be a it'll be a live uh, tasting, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I'm curious to hear more about that. Indeed.
1: Well, um you will. Well, what are you want?
2: Well, I um. So last weekend I went to Tassie, and yes. um, I may have gone a little overboard at the, at the markets, and got myself a whole heap of. That's some of them. Um. <laughs> So, I figure I'm going to start with an oh, old nice. lovely little bottle there. Yep. And then I might move on to a McHenry. Nice. Nice. Have a little bit of
1: Taylor Smith. Gotta love that packaging. I love that bottle so much. Yeah, yeah really, really. Absolutely love it. Fresh.
2: And a uh, Spring Spring Bay. Nice. As well, a bit blown out there in the pipe, but yeah, so I'm gonna start with the old Kempton because I've actually never had an old Kempton.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Well, um Bill Larks heavily involved in, in Old Kempton. So um it'd be it'd be glad you're drinking that. Mm. Awesome. All right, cheers. let's kick it off. Let's kick it off, guys. So cheers, cheers. And let's start, let's start right at the beginning. For those who don't know Nick, so Nick is relatively new on the scene, but um, Nick is very technical and done his homework and has a very unique operation as far as his still and also his approach to um, making whiskey. So, Nick, I'm going to hand it over to you, mate. Just start at the beginning. Yep and give us a rundown on how, how, why did why did you get into it and how did you get into it in the early days?
0: Yeah, well, I've always, you know, with a European background, yeah, the grandparents doing the fruit brandies and the fruit spirits always intrigued me. Um, went, took a trip through Europe, played around in the, in the schnapps factories, um, One of the snaps factories I went through, um, I was asking so many technical questions that the lady on the tour just said to me, see me at the end. And (laughs) so we went through the whole tour and she goes, right, come with me. And we went out to the back area and we got to talk to the distillers and I was just talking. And then the passion that came from those distillers about the fruit and, and all that, it just became engaging that they said, well, how long have you got left on your trip? Would you like to work here for a week? Um, Which I did and just fell in love with the process. And it was just amazing. I mean, you did everything. You cleaned, you you brewed, um, and you ran the still. So it was just a – it always stuck with me. Um, I thought you had to spend a lot of money to start a distillery. And it sat in my mind for years. And then it wasn't until a trip in New South Wales, I actually went to Menderam and we were camping, and I looked up distilleries, and there was one up the road, which was Blackgate. Um, stopped in and saw yep. Brian and Gideon's. Ended up yep. spending a day there. Looked at their operation, and then that was it. I think I drove Michelle nuts the whole trip, the rest of the trip, just talking about, yep, we've got to do this. This is what we're going to do. And from that, I just pushed forward, and, and yeah, Dusty Barrel came about, so it was really good. So, yeah, so it pretty interesting when,
1: actually, when were you overseas in europe and you and you had that week and when did you actually so that as far as starting the distillery yes
0: yeah, so that was in 2005 i was over there wow. so that sat with me for that long um mm. always thought you needed that million dollar startup you know to all this all that equipment but so I always was hesitant to, to you know, push forward and, and try. But, yeah, once I got talking to with Brian at Blackgate, that was it. Um, the thirst came back and um, Michelle said, yeah, go for it, you know. So, yeah, and, that's what we've done.
2: And so how did you, you – you got that, that thirst from, um, yep. from, from Brian. What was your next step? Did you did you start well, working in distillery? I went, did I you went to um, down just, to Tassie.
0: I did the courses. Yep, yeah, did the courses with Anne down down at Whiskey Academy. Um, so yeah, went through did that again. Was asking lots of questions down there as well. Um, mm-hmm. Met a great group of people, and with Ben was actually on my course from which you've had on the show. Um, so Ben and I were having a good time in the buses. He's an absolute character, so that was fun.
1: Yeah. Um, yes,
0: and then just from that, yeah, I just kept then driving and, and learning. And, uh, yeah, so it's been an interesting journey. And where did you start?
2: Like, what was your first or what was your, I guess, um, your goal for, the, for your product, for your distilling?
0: What did you want to get from it? <laughs> Sorry, Malty? I, I that there was something that Anne had said in the course. What is what is your point of difference? So yeah. what, what are you going to do different that no one else has got? And that just stuck with me. So I looked at the other distilleries, looked at the single malts, looked at all the different, you know, the whiskeys are available, and then started doing a lot of reading about, you know, craft, craft malts and things like that. So yeah. looking at that, that wasn't really something that was being pushed. You know, everyone was traditional. Um, so we thought, nah, let's give that a go, you know, go down that line. We tested a few things, but, yeah, just fell in love with some of the beers that we loved um, when we were in Germany, uh, and we used that recipe of one of the beers. And, uh, yeah, it was just from that we've just grown.
2: Right. And then... Sorry. <laughs> so then did how the did show
1: show, rice
0: come into it? So I was actually with yeah, well the rice is actually um, looking at the grains what people are using, and rice is just not used. It's, you mm-hmm. know it's a cereal grain, but why why isn't it? And it's it. I've had. Well, I mean I I like my sake, um, mm-hmm. so there's got some beautiful delicate flavors in those, and yeah I just thought you know like with with what Peter's doing with that hop whiskey, it's different. You know, it's yeah. it's something that people are not doing. And um, then I saw on Still It with Jesse and mm-hmm. he used – he did a rice experiment. And I went, you know what, I'm actually going to do that, give that a go. And it was from that that we used um, a sushi rice. So we were looking at all the different rices. Mm. Um, we used the sushi rice and the koji and yeast and, yeah, come up with a, a beautiful product. How did you –
2: how, how do you choose the sushi? Did you go through a whole heap of different rices to check yield and flavour yeah, yeah. and all those sorts of things? Or what was your experiment yeah, process like?
0: Yeah. yeah, the different rice with the different starch content was the first thing. Um, and then, yeah, what aromatics that we are getting off the rice. So, that's, um, so the, the latest brew that we've got going, we are actually got um, a glutinous rice, which is high in starch, Mm -hmm. We've got the sushi rice, which is a sweet. And then we've got a brown rice and a jasmine rice in there. So we're trying to build a a bit of a complex um, whiskey using rice. So is it 100% rice or is it
2: barley as well? Or how how does that work?
0: No, no, 100% rice. Wow. So rice, rice you've got to use um, a fungus, which is called koji. Mm Mm-hmm. And the koji converts the starch to a sugar, right? And then the yeast that you add um, with it then basically yeah eats the sugar and, and gets your alcohol.
1: Hmm. To so go back to the koji, so it's, a,
0: it's an interesting. Yeah.
1: Yep. It's, so it's a yeah, it's a very different approach, Nick. Um, and I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, I really don't know a lot about it. But you just said something there, which is quite interesting. So the the koji. Is effectively acting as the enzyme, is it to to, to break down Correct. the to break down the starch? Yep. Hmm. So what what is koji? It's just a, it's a fungus. So, so it's.
0: Yep. So they use it to make soy sauce, miso. Yep. So they use that in 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 China and Japan heavily in a lot of products. Right. Um, and yeah, and it's basically a good converter. And where does it come from? How do you use it?
2: Just like buying a strain of yeast or is it, are there different strains of it or? Yeah. So you can get,
0: where does it come from? Yeah. look, Yeah. It's really interesting because you can get um, a black Koji, which is uh, sweet, a white Koji, which is nutty. um, And then you've got your red and yellow as well. So yellow is pretty neutral. Um, and I was just trying to think of the other one, what what flavour profile, but each one gives a different flavour profile as well. Um, so which is really interesting. And then then you're playing with your yeast as well. You can either go a neutral yeast or then um, play around with your yeast. So and and since you're creating basically a rice wine to begin with, yeah, um, yeah you can use a sake or a sweet mead yeast um, to yeah build profiles. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole Sorry. new world.
2: Yeah, so does so that you mean – so are you you're sort of making sake you effectively and then ageing to become whiskey or What's the difference between no. new make and rice new make and a sake?
0: So basically when I'm um, making my rice wine, um, I'm basically making sake. Right. Um, and then I take it from there, take the solids out, and then – put that through the still and then make the spirit so it's a higher spirit. So instead of some of the rice wines get up to about 30% ABV. Wow. And and that's pretty much, they they top out. But that's aged for a long time in earthen pots. Um, But, yeah, I'm basically taking it at a a very short period and then, yeah, putting it into the still.
1: Hmm. And when you're you're making it, are you... um... Are you basically double distilling it? So doing effectively a, a wash run followed by a spirit run and taking cuts or is it quite different? And where where did this information come from? Because it is not something which is front and centre knowledge out there. You've got to go hunting for that. So you have to go hunting.
0: You, you do. It's either in Chinese or Japanese. So it makes it really interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and they really do, do... <laughs> <laughs> and they hold it secret. And yeah. um, and I was doing a lot of hunting, and I got hold of a sake maker and I was talking to him about what, what I'm trying to do, yeah. And um, so I was conversing with him in Japan, and yeah, it was from there that um, he said, No, nah, only if you're going to distill it, only allow it to go to X amount of days, um, and then you know, you, you take the, the liquid off the, off the, basically it's like a clag sitting in the bottom of the fermenter. Right. And um, so, yeah. And then, and from that, yeah, you run it through your still. So it was through, through him and his connections that they talked to me about, it's going to come out a very high yield um, and very high ABV off the still. Mm-hmm. So off a pot still, I'm getting 75% coming off the still. So that that's pretty high for a pot still.
1: Mm. Getting and, up there.
2: And mm. what is the, like, how does it differ coming off the still to uh, a regular uh, barley wash? Uh, what it, what sort of flavors are you getting coming off?
0: Oh, at the at the beginning, you still you get a very strong um, acetone, and and you still get the same exactly the same as the other malts and and barley yeah. and so on. Um, and then you get – it goes sweet. It, it's, it's really like a switch. It just goes bang, and then you get the sweetness come through. Hmm. And then towards the end, you get this little sneaky smell of rotten socks coming through at the tail end.
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Walks and the line.
0: you just – that's it. You switch it. Um, nice. And So that was something that, yeah, I was – and it, it's sweet, sweet, sweet. Rotten sock, sweet. And then, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the end of your run. So, You're but yeah, cut I quite surprised.
1: Cut, cut at the right time. Hey, um, yeah, just, 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 uh, since we've we've had uh, a guest join us, I um, I think it's time to roll the tape, Luke. <laughs> roll it, roll it now, quick. I wasn't prepared for this early. And now it's time for. Throw the the under under the the
3: bus.
1: Bus. right
3: so um uh, I've, I've got the most pressing question for you tonight
1: oh no know, slow down slow down slow down <laughs> we just had a real deep dive deep deep dive into the uh the magic of, of rice whiskey and Quite incredible the level of depth that we've gone to and and so the first thing uh, we, we would like the Todd to comment on it. what would you like to add to that discussion
3: <laughs> Straight on under the boat. So, so is this is this where I let him in on the little secret that I can actually watch while I'm eating off to one side oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well we'll, well, we'll we'll come back to um, slow Todd under the bus, or do you want to go with it now, Todd?
3: No, 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 no. So my my most pressing question for the night. Yeah. Is Nick, in your honest opinion, do those glasses make Crafty look smarter, or not so much? <laughs> Long. It definitely makes right. him look like he's got big <laughs> eyes,
1: don't he? Not. Same size eyes. Nothing's changed.
3: <laughs> and then those go on.
1: Right. <laughs> changing the subject. Changing the subject. I would like to talk about Nick's still because not only has Nick gone a very, very interesting direction in the sense of uh, rice whiskey, but he's also played around with base and roasted malts as well. Oh, I, just
3: while I'm there, because you didn't ask me. Nah. So the whiskey that I'm drinking tonight is my drink of choice. Oh, what is it? It's Blackgate, because apparently oh. someone was in their latest oh. one. Nice. So,
1: nice. Very nice.
3: Yeah. I believe someone was... ...disappeared down the rabbit hole after this... ...after the thing.
1: Oop, I think you're frozen. All right, you go. Indeed. <laughs> so, go back to the... Go back to the... Still. You're all freezing. So, Nick, you went, you went down a completely different line than a lot of um, Australian distillers, and, yeah, it went over my head. Um, so... Talk about your journey on your still, mate, and, t- and describe what type of still you've got.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a custom still, um, so it's still based on your on a pot still, but we wanted to introduce a lot more copper to the system, um, and to try and get something you know, a lot of that sulfates out and, and things like that. We want to try and make it pretty smooth to begin with. Right. So we actually the column itself, instead of being uh, like a either with an onion or um, just a nice, you know, um, cone like yours. Yeah, we've actually got ours, looks like a Gatling gun. So there's actually 19 two and a half inch tubes. Um, so they're all basically clustered, there's air gaps between it. And basically, yeah, that that's the reflux that we get from that just with airflow coming past is unbelievable. And, uh, if we've got the roller doors up on a windy day, it can actually almost stall the still. So it's um, and it's also a gas-fired still. So we've got two two large gas burners underneath. So and yeah, we just wanted to get, to get that go- caramelization. Right, was so caramelization
2: from the yep. from the flame? Right,
0: yep.
1: hmm. yeah. Which so, so it's a yeah, approach to to making whiskey. Yep. Yeah, I wanted to go uh, direct fire, but um, I was allowed my distillery on on one condition. That was no naked flame, and I actually think that was a good thing for me. That was Andrea's condition, wasn't it? That was Andrea's condition. Yeah, she said no, you can't have you can't have uh, direct fire, and I think Todd would agree. Oh, That's so there. much. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, can imagine the
3: sort of chaos you would have caused with an open flame in there.
1: Well, oh, yeah, can imagine? But yeah, Nick, that, oh, look. that that presents challenges. So, and you know, if yeah. we if we talk about you know what happened in Tassie with with uh, Adams Distillery and the, and the unfortunate accident there, um, yep. so a lot of scrutiny has come on 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 heating of stills in that. So. How do you manage that side of it? How do you manage the risk side of it? And and, and, and how did you convince people to say, yes, tech, you can have a gas-fired heating system? Yep.
0: So I actually had the um, gas authority come out um, and actually do – we had to do a test on it, run the still. Um, so we had ethanol metres. Uh, there was uh, six ethanol metres placed around the distillery, including near the spout and flames. We had to have then the extraction unit, so directly underneath we've got a, a large fan that it draws out to outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also got then um, safety interlocks as well. So if, say, so the power goes out, all my gas jets will will go out. Right. Um, we've also got a heat probe that goes into the te- into the sill, so if it gets over a certain um, over a certain temperature the whole system shuts down so there's a number of different fail safes on there mm. um and it does it, it and i've had the fan go off um and then the whole system shut down during mid-run oh. <laughs> um, and since everything's hot that's a pretty interesting time trying to get it re-going yeah um so yeah there's and and once we passed all the testing so we did um a 12-hour run so it did a proper spirit run there was uh, it didn't even register on the uh, on the output uh, into the uh, into our container no methanol uh, or ethanol and that came up so the co2 and everything all my levels were correct and then from that I got my compliance so I've got a nice little placard that I've I've got on the still to say that it's a, a registered unit and and all safe to go and
2: it's it's so unique Is there anything else? Where did the inspiration for that come
0: from? There was a a guy in the States, um, and it's called Gatling Stills. Um, I got chatting to him online, and his was five tubes, like a a traditional Gatling gun. And we were talking about the seasonal variations that he gets, um, and you do. Um, So when I'm doing a stripping run, I actually cover that column um, so it, I don't get reflux, so it gets out hard and fast. Right. Um, and to a question I saw popped up, on our stripping runs, we get about 40% ABV. And then on the final spirit run, we get the 75 So So, um, yeah, so that's looking at that. That's And we wanted that seasonal variation. Um, we want to see that in the whiskey. We don't want... Yeah, like a lot of people chase the grain, like you know, that's from New South Wales or Victoria, you know, the terroir. We're also looking at the condition of the still or and our site. Yep. Um, so yeah, so we really wanted that then to come in. Yep, yeah, this was a winter batch, this was a summer, and, and really see what does that do. And w- what what does it do?
1: Yeah, what do you see? I'm I'm curious as well.
0: So in the in the winter, the, the winter run, I've got more floral. It's more. It's a lot more oily um, during that um, uh, through winter. Summer, I'm not getting as much oil coming through. Right. So I'm not sure why, but it's just yeah, just that just slight difference. I can pick it, um, mm. but yeah, it's it's a slight variation.
1: And yeah. you find your still runs, everything just runs better in winter compared to summer. Uh, as far yeah. as your yields and everything else, it just seems to work better. You, it's easier to control your temperatures than that.
0: Yep, Yeah, I can run it really slow and um, get a really good product come out.
1: Yeah,
2: right. And what, what sort of temperature variations are you looking at between the summer and winter? Like what
0: are your lows and your highs? Oh, well, like the winter, we had here three degrees um, when I got up in the morning and, and first lit it up. And the day got to a, probably around about the 12 mark, whereas during that summer period, you know, you're getting up and it's it's already 11 degrees. And then, you know, you're getting up to the 25, 26s. So it's just that slight difference. Mm. Um, and that's enough to to notice that change.
2: Yeah, wow. That's interesting. It's... Um... And it's yeah, not something, it's not, it's not a feature that I've heard of before either.
1: Oh, the whole summer winter thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it is, um, it, it's definitely there. Um, I mean, from our, our standpoint, it's more just efficiency. Things just, and Todd, you'd agree with this, but things just seem to work. And we can pump out more in winter than we can in summer. Because summer, your, your spirit temperature, you're trying to keep that spirit temperature low. Um, and also, just evaporation. You know, if it's hot, it evaporates. So you're losing, you're losing product unnecessarily. Whereas in winter, mm-hmm. uh, you don't. You don't have that problem. What well, one of the things we have, Nick, which which has been a learning, is um, so we're 800 metres above sea level here, and we get a lot of storms that blow off the off the plains, and um, so you get a lot of low pressure systems come through. And when those systems come through, they actually do, you can feel it. They impact the barrels and you can hear it. You know, the barrels squeak and groan and they, yep. you know, they'll weep. So you know, you know you're getting really solid interaction of spirit into wood and penetration into wood. What's, what do you see with your weather there? So forget about the seasons, more just uh, just yep. weather in, in general. Do you see that sort of phenomena?
0: Yeah, we do because because we're in a like a horseshoe sort of gully. We're on a ridgeline,
1: right?
0: And it's a, like a horseshoe gully, so we got the we got the winds that will come up from either side of the ridgeline, and that you can hear the as you said the barrels hiss or groan during that <laughs> you know when the storms are coming through. You can really hear it working. Yeah. So we get that as well. That 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 pressure change. Mm. Yeah.
1: it's a real Tawa thing too, isn't it? If you, if you take yeah, the absolutely. concept of tawa and what actually is tawa it's, it's absolutely, it's a big part of it. Yeah, no. Go back to the... Can the, you um, bring the image up again of the still, Luke? Yes, yeah. Because it is... Uh, it's a really unique still. And up until five minutes ago, I didn't fully understand how the, the, the Gatlin side of it worked, and you've explained it very, very clearly. So effectively you've got lots of little chambers so you've got a huge amount of copper contact uh there haven't you yeah and you absolutely you've got a 90 degree line arm there too and it's a long line arm so you've got a huge amount of copper copper contact so you're after a you're pushing a a lighter style of of spirit Uh, i'm not talking about the rice whiskey i'm talking just the whiskey in general are you is that is that what you're looking for? Is a lighter style of whiskey?
0: We were, and we were looking between that sort of you know, like a medium to lightish sort of whiskey. Yeah. But, but what we've found is that if you run that really slow in winter, the, the oil that comes through, we're still getting it. So the, the malt, the, the five different malts that we, you know, that we did for the recipe. Yeah. Um, that was just – that was unbelievable, the amount of oil that came through on that slow run. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. We thought it was going to be more lighter. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's actually surprised us.
1: Hmm. And some of that could be the actual grains that you're using as well. Um, True. Very, very, yeah, oil content, which which is coming through. Let's talk about your grains, mate. So you and I have talked about this many, many times, um, and we are uh, – yeah, we're very, very aligned in our thinking on the use of base malts and the use of specialty malts and coming at it from a, a beer maker's perspective and, and the, the importance of, of, of uh, malt selection the, to build your recipe. So go back to how that all started with you and your approach to building your mash build.
0: Yeah, so the... There's a oh, going through Europe again as you did. You had beer for breakfast, um, <laughs> yeah. and I really enjoyed the uh, the Flanders brown or the Au Braun, um beer, and it was malty, biscuity. It had the dark fruits, and it just it, it was a journey. And I wanted to use that as our sort of recipe because it was because it was a journey,
1: yep.
0: and um, I wanted to replicate that in a whiskey. So we've taken we took it and then played around with the quantities and um, basically came up with our recipe um, and then yeah it's it's come out exactly the way we, we hoped um, and yeah we didn't use the bacteria the first time round to get the sour but this right. this next lot that we'll do we'll actually probably end up adding the bacteria in to see what, what that does like you do with the beer so yeah so. Right. It's a,
2: so, so, that's a lacto- it. So, it's yeah. a lactobacillus, yeah, right.
1: Yeah, but you're yeah. doing it. You're doing it a different way, which is fascinating. So, you're not talking about uh, uh, malolactic reaction with just your local flora and your local bacteria, good bacteria you're picking up. You're actually talking yeah. about actually directly adding adding lacto, Correct. adding the bacteria as an additive uh into into your into your package which is the the sour bear approach which is really really interesting i i I don't know yeah that's that's really that's fascinating from a Mm, control standpoint too it's 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 fascinating you're not making scotch mate you're definitely not making scotch no no definitely
3: not
1: that's the beauty that's the beauty about making whiskey in australia we 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 have very little little restraints on the way we make our whiskey, and we we exploit it to the max, which gives us the maximum level of creativity in crafting our our spirits.
0: Mm. Yep, absolutely. And I was talking that with uh, Christian and uh, Alan Bishop the other day, and uh, we were talking about we're not Australia's not held back by you know, a 150 year old recipe or a 300 you know six generation recipe. Um, It really is our own, and um, I I just love that people are exploring.
1: And more and more is happening in Australia, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, yeah.
2: Now, the rice that you're using, so you said you're using a a sushi rice. Um, Is that a local sushi rice, or is is it all imported from Japan, or...?
0: No, no, it's all all Australian. So we've got it, uh, most of it comes out of New South Wales Mm -hmm. um, and some up in Queensland as well. So, um, yeah, so that's, um, I'm using a a sunrise, is Mm -hmm. is a lot of the product. Um, The glutinous recently that we used was actually out of Thailand under the sunrise um, because they didn't, uh, because of our drought that we've been having, they didn't actually have enough crop. Mm. Um, So they actually brought some in from overseas. But uh, the sushi rice, the reason why we went that one is everything that I learned with the sake maker is with rice, you want to get rid of the husk um, because the husk can give you some really off flavours. So they polish the rice Mm -hmm. and sushi rice has been polished Um, and therefore the koji can really get to work fast and then, yeah, and then the conversion happens.
3: Right.
0: Right
1: yeah this is, is a, a it's
0: a, it's a, it's a yeah,
2: silence. The, it, yeah the it just excuse my silence but i just sort of i i get thinking about the process and the ingredient and it just the mind wanders about the possibilities and the approach and the things that you would have had to learn along the way to make it work um that's it's really impressive. I also, I just want to show as well. I, I found a um uh, I was trolling your Instagram. I found yes. yep. inside the um, the column. Yeah,
0: that's inside. Yep, yeah. that's so cool.
1: Yeah, so it's oh, hang on, Nick. Hold on, bring up Nick's um, still what's at the end of the line arm mate
0: so we've got the condenser so the photo that yeah so the, the the photo that was just shown prior with all the the pipes yep it's i my my condenser is almost identical to my column
1: that's what i was just going to say and,
0: so that's mm, almost a
1: double condenser system
0: pretty close
1: yeah in a way yeah wow Except for you're not running cooling through the Gatlin. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 I got you. I got you. Yeah.
0: So there's the whole setup there. Yep.
1: What's the size, Nick?
0: What's it's a thirteen hundred liter still.
1: What's Mm his name? Oh, Maximus. (laughs) For very good reason. (laughs) Yep. It yeah. is, is that is so impressive. I mean, you're, uh, you're 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 like a few others of us out there. You're a one-man band, and just putting it together, and mm-hmm. you're you're really pushing the envelope there. It's yeah, congrats, mate. I've said it to you before, but um, yeah, talking about it now, it's it's good because other people are, are, appreciate it, and they'll be looking at that and going, "What the hell is that?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep.
0: yeah it's it's
1: that's it sure. the only
3: gatling still in australia wouldn't it i'm trying to
0: think yeah yeah it would be it,
3: wouldn't it? Yep. Hmm. Yep, it's, it's pretty much it's sort of outside the box that one yep
2: so in talking yeah. with um gatling stills in the u.s so did was it made in the u.s and then brought over or did you get it manufactured here how did, how did that happen
0: no, I, I didn't get it manufactured here. Um, I was trying to get still makers to make it, but it didn't fit the time frame at the time. Mm. Um, so I did, I did, did get it made overseas. Um, but it, I, I supplied them all the engineering drawings um, right. and and all the specifications that I wanted with the thickness of floor and inside the boiler and that type of thing. So worked with them and then yeah, got it made made, made overseas and then just yeah, brought it in
2: wow so it literally is a unique one-of-a-kind custom still completely unique to the australian market let alone the world market yep yep that's pretty cool i I like to
0: take a different path
2: (laughs) yeah obviously obviously and and so i'm sure not the easy path either how many different iterations of your drawings and plans did you go through to come up with the final design?
0: So there was nine, nine separate, um, configuration drawings. Mm -hmm. Um, the hardest part was how do you make the connection to the top of the still? How do you make that dish? And then how do you support all those tubes and weight? So we had to work out so it wouldn't collapse on itself.
1: So there was
0: all those different things that you had to work out um, and then I had uh, an engineer mate um, draw it all up for me. He was, he did it, did it for nothing for me because he was just so excited by the whole project. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah, we we had many a whiskey sitting there and, <laughs> and mapping it
2: out. So <laughs> best way to plan anything is over a few bottles of whiskey. Yeah.
1: A few bottles. <laughs> I, got a, I got a technical question, and I I'm speaking from a, a point of complete engineering ignorance. Right. So bear with me. But and I'm just thinking of the Gatlin design, right? And then it's coming up coming up into into, into the top of the, the Gatlin and into the line arm. From a pressure standpoint. Yeah, yeah. So from a pressure standpoint, you've got all those individual tubes pushing vapor up, yep. right? Was there it was pressure a consideration at that point where it actually meets the, the line arm? Was was there any 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 I don't know, design yeah. specific requirements around that?
0: Yeah, so there was there was two designs. So we had to look at um, volume coming up into that top hat. Originally yeah. the hat was very short and stumped. Right. But that but we he was he did a um, a simulation um uh, that he had for gas and for steam, right? And we then increased the hat size, and then that that gave us the uh, um, enough uh, space, I suppose you can call it, to, for it to travel through without actually causing a a, a swirl point. Um, so yeah, so it was, the the Gatling guys have actually got like a little mushroom inside their top of their hat, which is quite right. large. Right. And that's to actually yeah. stop that rotation as well, which we, we don't. But um, yeah, it's interesting.
2: Yeah, right. So, uh, Litton's. Litton's question there. yeah. So, we've yep. got two questions question
1: there.
2: Uh, the small diameter, about lots of them, you get increased copper contact, but you get increased vapor velocities, allowing to draw heavier volatiles and oils through. Like, it, it, does that tie in with what you were saying about your, your winter summer, where you're getting different oils come through in yeah. the winter versus summer, um, based on the pressure, the atmospheric pressure, and the uh, the still
0: pressure? Well, we were surprised at how much oil was coming through, we didn't anticipate. So, I'm um, looking at that question, you go, Well, yeah, but it appears that that smaller d- diameter is calling that you know, causing that. Uplift um, to to carry the oil.
3: Mm. What are the
2: are there any any downsides to that? Uh, Have you encountered any any unforeseen issues?
0: Oh, I I learned on the stripping. I learned on the stripping run that I had to cover it because I kept getting reflux every time someone opened the door or something like that. You just heard it rain back in the in the still. So it would then stretch your time on the stripping stripping runs. So once we covered it, it eliminated that problem. So that was just something that you had to work out, had to learn the still. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, yeah, we've had no problems after that.
1: Right. It it sort of reminds me of... Um, so we know a guy called Alan Bishop who is... A, uh, so Nick and I know Alan Bishop. He's um, very much a craft distiller in the u.s scene and um he was talking about um there's a still design over there it's an old still design called a three-chamber still um a guy called todd leopold who's doing some amazing stuff anyway this this old still was basically a resurrection design of pre-prohibition but uh when alan was talking about three-chamber still he referred to it as a um an oil machine or or, or a a Tewan machine, the the oils that come out of that machine are phenomenal. Um, So there's some similarities there, Nick, isn't there? Absolutely. And oils means flavour. Oils means length of flavour. It means mouthfeel. Oils are a plus. Absolutely. Let's change direction because I think we've done this till to death and there's some people watching going, I'm bored. What else is there? So, <laughs> or just, just before you go on, eh?
3: So, does your your when you're doing the spirit run, do you get a really clean spirit, or is it still a bit of bite to it?
0: So no, that, it's uh, pretty really clean. Fine. It's pretty clean, not fiery at all. Um, yeah, usually, especially at that high ABV, I, I was expecting it to be quite fiery. But um, no, nah, you, you could pretty much drink that, that. That that I wouldn't recommend it, but you, you could have a sip on it and, and not get that real, you know, stripping of the throat or anything like that. It was actually, yeah, I was actually quite impressed.
1: Mm. The reflexing of your, of your still, it's yeah, you're getting a very smooth spirit. Um, so where I want to go is, um, so the term uh, malt streaming, which is basically um, individual malts uh, as opposed to a mash fill or of- of combining malts together, so I do a I do a mash bill. Uh, a lot of distillers do mash bill, and some do malt streaming. Malt streaming, the home of malt streaming, is is Canadian whiskey. Um, yep. So Nick, you've done a lot of research on this. Give us uh, yep. as a completely different topic because you know, people would know Canadian whiskey, but they wouldn't necessarily know. What's so special about uh, some Canadian whiskey? So, can you just run through malt streaming, the the, the Canadian approach, and what it actually yep. means?
0: Yes, yeah, so with um, with the Canada with their malt streaming, um, they actually had were one of the first ones to actually invent the enzymes to use to convert um, the starches to, to to the sugars, and they had refined that process. Yeah, back in the 1890s, I think it was. And they were then taking, I mean, predominantly it was rye grain. So Canadian is typically rye as their base. And so basically they would use, instead of using a a, a malted barley or something like that, then with the product, they would use the enzymes to convert. And therefore it was just then a single malt stream. So... They were doing that also with some of the specialty malts. It's, they've got some record of it but not a lot of history on it because a lot of it was just with their, with the, the standard barleys and wheat um, and corn. Um, but, yeah, they, they were playing around with uh, some of the malts early days um, and using the enzyme to drive it. So it's actually really fascinating what reading about it and, and talking to them as well. So, yeah, no, it's a a really interesting process, how they do it. And going back to a question that we had earlier as well,
2: um, William asked, have you uh, yourself looked into using enzymes uh, in your whiskey or have you ruled them out in favour of the... um No, we...
0: Yeah, no, we we looked at it um, for what's the conversion, Um, what's Mm -hmm. what's the yield, what's, you know, what potentially... Um, are we going to get a better flavour set? Because um, you've got nothing impeding um, with the, with that actual grain, so you're getting the full terroir of that of that grain. No. Um, so yes, yeah, so we we ha- we have looked at it. Um, it's a tool there to be used. Mm.
1: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. En- enzy- enzymes per se don't actually contribute anything from a from a flavor perspective or anything but what they what they do yep. is they assist in in breakdown of starch uh mm. yep. particularly with your, with your heavily roasted uh malts and that so so it's a it's a tool that that can be used it also uh, yep. it lowers the the viscosity of of a of a mesh so it just makes things work a lot easier it's 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 a, it's a tool very much so
2: does it so, allow you, because yeah. I, I, I haven't used enzymes myself, does it allow, to
3: shorten,
2: yeah, does it allow you to shorten the, the mashing process at all or you're still going for the same sort of length, you're just getting better yield out of
0: it?
1: I think it's more a yield thing and, a, and just the viscosity thing. Yeah, in yeah right. It. Yeah. Pr- pretty much. Yeah, but especially the, with the guys uh, with
0: continuous yeah. stills.
2: Uh, and Williams just uh, followed up on it and asked more in relation to your rice clag viscosity.
0: Yeah, so that that's um, really good question. So being a being a koji and the way that works is very similar to the enzymes. Um, you can like so the yellow label um, yeast that you can get, which has already got enzymes built in, and the yeast and yeast nutrient um so that's part of it where they're actually using an enzyme in that um which is very similar to the koji itself and the way that acts uh, and it does it it breaks it down really yeah there's not much left and you do get a lot of clag uh, left over you you're going to get a lot of protein left over
1: mm.
0: and what do you do with the, the clag
1: once you're done yeah good question
0: well, we, we did try extracting it in a wine press to get as much out as we could because there was still still alcohol in it. Uh, we, that was deemed pretty messy. Um, <laughs> looked like I was at a kindergarten and kids pasted me um, head to toe. So that was quite funny when I first walked out the shed. Um, we've also tried um, then adding more water to it to try and extract and just skim off the top to get some more alcohol out. But the time that that takes, we just went, look, you know what, we've got it down to that clag bed and th- and that's it. So we'll mix that with other grain that we might have um, and then give that to the to the cows and stuff out, out in the paddock. Um, mm. Or we'll keep it in a, a cut-down IBC and let it dry out and then, yeah, basically put that through the garden.
2: Right, okay. And just- so those cows are still getting a... Uh- uh little bit of a, a boozy yeah. hit
0: there by the sounds of it. Pretty happy cows. Yeah they have a nap. <laughs> they are quite calm, relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> they line
1: up for it. I'll
0: bet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um go go back to so the world's opening up now and uh people can travel more. Um personally I want to go to the US in, in 2023. I want to go to Ireland in 2023, and maybe Scotland, possibly. Where do you want to go, Nick? Uh, name, name some places yeah. that are of interest to you. Yeah, well,
0: Westlands is right up there um, straight away in the States. Yeah, um, That'd be one of my major ones. Of course, okay. go go and see Alan at Friend, uh, Spirit of French League, yeah, um, yeah. and see what Crazy concoctions and uh, that he's getting up with, like Corsair. I mean, I've read all their stuff, and that just excites me reading their developments. Yeah. And then over to um, Japan, to a couple of the to the to the whiskey over there, looking at the blending and and the like. Right. But uh, yeah, I think I think still Canada as well. So there's a lot of places I do want to go because you know, points of interest. Um. So yeah, it's because I still like the Canadian stuff because of their blending. Because I, I still see Australia as, that's the direction Australia's heading is blending. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep.
0: So, yeah, so, so I really want to look yeah. at that. And
1: it's we've the only standard. got a, a couple got of head. examples of
2: that too, haven't we? There's there's not a lot of, of blended Australian whiskey uh, as yet. Okay. So I guess it's a, it's a right market for the taking if you can.
0: Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons, too, that we looked at the, the rice. Um, because it's not overpowering or anything like that, we can blend with our other product uh, and create something again that's something new. Mm. So because um, we did try a little bit with a, uh, just a, a malt that we did and the two together, it just works. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I think blending, that's it, it's definitely something I see the Australia heading. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's 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 something which is, is going to happen. There's no question about it. I mean, as you have more and more distilleries, uh, they'll be that are doing malts. Uh, there'll be other distilleries which will do other grains, and effectively you're, you're setting the the foundation for establishing you know, solid blended whiskey or battered whiskey uh, yep. in Australia. I mean, Starwood with, with what they did with with um, the twofold is, is fascinating and there's others which are which are doing it now it's that it just makes sense you know we we yep. can we can make great blend of whiskey and blend of whiskey is in, is, in my opinion is no way inferior to, to single malt whiskey single malt whiskey is just a way of, of, of making whiskey it's very much an art in yes. itself oh blender, yeah absolutely mm. yeah the, the,
0: the, there is a big misconception about blended whiskeys that you're taking a bad barrel and you're trying to make it good. They, do, they don't pick the bad barrels. They pick only the good barrels to blend. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that that is something that needs, that mindset's got to be changed.
1: Yeah.
2: it's I, I always find the single malt versus blended whiskey argument to be a really weird one because our sort of, Top shelf is your Johnny Walker Blue Label, which is, of course, a blended whiskey. What? Most, um, uh, a lot of people who are uh, who are drinking um, a, uh, uh, a Scotch and Coke are going to be drinking a Johnny Rand or a Johnny Black hmm. with their Coke, which is again a blended whiskey. So it's a it's it is a huge uh, market. A lot of people drink it and enjoy it. So I don't understand why yep. there is that. Um, that competition between them when they are Hmm. two parts of the same brilliant thing, one's just mixed with other brilliant things.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The fact of the matter is it's like cooking, you know, with its ingredients. So malt will give you a certain flavour characteristic. Wheat will give you a certain flavour characteristic. Rye will, uh, corn will, they'll they'll all do different things. Um, And it's how you layer those. Mm. to create the flavours that, that, that you want. You mentioned um, like Johnny Walker. So when you're right down at the red level and 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 fat, there's a very small percentage of it overall, which is uh, malted barley. And the higher you go up through the, the Johnny Walker range, the malt content actually increases. increases. And the flavor differences from red to, say, blue are massively, massively different. Mm. So, it, um, yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thing. I think it's time for a throw tot under the bus because we screwed the pooch on the last one. Let's do it properly. <laughs> <laughs> that it. that it. one was completely it flipped on his head, not it? Roll it. Roll it. <sighs> you always... And now it's time for Throw the, tot the tot tot under, tot under the, the bus. bus. And now he can ask his. Beer. <laughs> twice, one, twice in one day. <laughs> I feel
3: like I've been thrown under the bus all day, but anyway.
1: Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, so, uh, what? Well, right, you go, you go. I was going to okay. say something.
3: You go. So, so before I ask Nick a question, I'm I'm curious. How did my brew go?
1: Oh. Um, oh. Okay. So, for those that don't know, so la- last last week, um, uh, Todd and I did a, a double brew, uh, which basically means we're we're milling oh, and mashing you, into the fermenter tank, holding the temperature, milling and mashing, and going over the top of it, which is a little bit unusual, but it's the way that that we did it. Um, we had a we had a a bit of a miscommunication uh
2: and we actually uh who miscommunicated todd
1: well no 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 i said (laughs) i I was going to add the yeast and and i added the yeast and then todd added the yeast so we got a double hit of yeast right only half as much again only
3: half as much okay
1: and then on top of that, we had a problem with a, with a cavitating pump that yeah. took us forever to pump water into the mash tun, so we lost our temperature.
3: So, so, so we... what would you do, Nick, if you, you've got nine, 900 litres, you're moving, pumping across, it takes you 40 minutes to pump that across.
1: Which it should take 10 minutes normally. Yeah. yeah. So it, it would have taken we... less time to get
3: rid of our spent lees. If I just gravity
1: fed it on the lawn and trying to do the right thing and pump it into the container. Actually, the pump's fixed. So we're okay. The upshot of it was, so we doubled one and a half hits on, on the yeast and the, and the mash temperature, we didn't strike at the right temperature. So normally when we, when we finish up with gravities, the final gravities are around 1010, 10, which is – Still a little bit up there, but we're using some specialty malts, and so it holds it up uh, with unfermentable. This one was ten twenty, which was oh, like, ah, wow. oh, damn, that hurt. So oh, we left good. all those liters of alcohol behind, unfortunately. And I think, I think it was because the strike temperatures were wrong; we were too low. And I also think maybe with, with, with just with the the party with the yeast. Uh, there was so much yeast there that they just w- took it easy. They got lazy, so yeah. I don't think we converted yeah. as much as, as what we should. So, oh, what we'll you do, do it again with, with, with equipment that works. Yeah, it, it helps. Yeah. So, Nick, from what I just said, what do what do you think? Uh, my my thinking about the yeast, too much yeast, and and strike temperature wrong.
0: Yeah, if you, if you strike temperatures wrong, the yeast, the yeast is not going to be happy um, nah. and just just be slow and they're just not going to act.
1: No, nah. yeah. they turn up to a party and don't do anything, and there's too many of the fuckers. That's yep. the other thing. Yeah. All right. So that's, yeah. that was a good diversion, Todd. But going back to your question, it <laughs> was a very good diversion, actually. I was impressed. Uh, what other questions you got there, Todd?
3: I've got nana tonight.
1: Um, oh, really? So, so, Nick,
3: if 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 there's a, a newbie out, out in the in the wild who's thinking about um, opening up a distillery, where would you lead,
1: where do you think they should go first? Good question.
0: I, I think they should be doing their homework first on the internet, just like most of us have done. Um, basically, reading as much as you can. Um, and then once you've got yourself to a sort of technical sort of understanding, then go off and do some of the courses like like I did it with the Whiskey Academy. It's and that was that was good because it was thought provoking about the process of the business. Um, and then yeah, looking at different courses like that in in each of the states. I think, but I think you really got to go and do your homework first um, yourself, um, and then then you can come and approach the distillers and ask them then specific questions because you can pick them. I mean, I've had them at our door where oh, I want to do this, but they they don't even know what a grain is. Um, so they're, they're trying to jump too many steps. So, so I think it's really getting in it, understanding it yourself, and then move, going, well, is this for me or not? And then taking that next step.
1: Just, just on that point, so I I did the Angigney course, um, Tasmanian Whiskey Academy. Uh, it was actually the first one. Yeah. And after that, I then took on the uh, doing the Institute of Brewers and Distillers Certificate of, um, of Distilling, which for me was fantastic. I, and I did a lot of learning. But at that stage, I hadn't really done a lot of application, right? Now, Todd... Is doing the ibd course as we speak and yeah. he's got a lot more application so he's actually a lot further into it now uh and grasped it a lot quicker than say what i did because he's got the the application side of it so it, it's definitely in the well, I mean, balance it's definitely go
3: it's definitely good to go in with a bit of a base knowledge before you do some of these courses if, you, if you're doing that straight off the bat it would be pretty heavy and a lot of the
1: yep. terminology yep. wouldn't make any sense to you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the other advice that that uh, you know we all say to people is surround yourself with good people, right? But don't mm-hmm. don't don't be just a a taker. You've got to be a giver as well. So relationships are reciprocal. Yep. Um, you know, one th- one thing that annoys distillers is when people come up and ask questions and, as you said, Nick, they haven't done any homework, but they expect you to yeah. give them all your knowledge uh, and you're like, who are you? Yeah. You don't even, yeah. you know my birthday? No. Well, let's start with that, shall we? <laughs> you know I mean? I'm joking, but you know what I mean? It's The learning yeah, yeah. process takes time. And don't just expect people to give you... All their learnings right you've got to it, it's it's like a relate any relationship isn't it
2: yeah correct gotta go both ways absolutely so at the moment yeah. i'm looking yeah. at your website and i can see that you've got um your dusty barrel dry gin on for sale yep. so that's a a, a barley base or a rice base
0: that's a wheat a wheat base that one wheat base right yeah there you go and no, that's
1: a, you go. Sorry, sorry, on, go go on. on. all no, good all good go on. I, I was just going to say now that's 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 a whole different uh world as well so let's talk about that so botanicals and botanical balance and all that that's that's a completely different learning so when when did you start to do that, Nick? And and what was the driver to get into into gin?
0: Yeah, I was talking with a um, Darwood from Ostra Distillers, yep. and because yep. he does he he does each of the botanicals individually, and then and then blends them. So we were talking with him about the process, and and basically took it from that, and then did the learning that way. So and you make mistakes. So we didn't we didn't want to put the juniper forward either so this one's actually got the juniper it's actually set back right. so it was more we want we would, and that was quite um, deliberate and that's mm-hmm. to get people that don't really drink gin um, that you know it, it invites them in and mm-hmm. lets them experience the botanicals and then um, they can sort of progress from from that point and why did you go for wheat? Just the that's the texture. That's the mouthfeel. It's a very soft. So you, a lot of the like wheat and oat is very. Uh, so it gives you a different mouthfeel altogether. Mm. Um, so so I guess like if you that. use uh, a Sorry.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I guess the 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 soft wheat with the um, uh, sort of rear facing um, juniper would make for quite a soft and approachable, uh, easy drinking gin.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It actually does.
0: So,
1: yeah, sorry, Nick. I'm cutting you off. I didn't mean to. Right. I, I was going to say it, it. It dovetails nicely into what we uh, we were talking to Marcel Thompson um, last uh, two weeks ago um, mm. uh, about gin and and saying that neutral spirits, whether it's grain, uh, cane, or or, or or grape, or, or whatever. Um, you know, people refer to neutrals as just the the canvas, just the blank canvas and the botanicals of what you use to build your gin. But what came out of that discussion with Marcel is, well, a canvas is not just white. You can have a white canvas. You can have an off-white canvas. The, the yep. textures of the canvas can be different, the, uh, all these different things. And when you think of it like that, you go, well, yeah, mm-hmm. so botanicals and neutrals, how they interface, how they relate is, is very fundamental to putting gin together. So some, some recipes work well on a wheat spirit, some work well on a cane spirit, some work on a grape spirit. So it's um, it's a whole different yeah. world, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's a whole new thing.
1: Hmm. And how do you
2: find the difference in... in- between the the wheat and then the rice in terms of softness and lightness does the rice have a similar mouthfeel to the wheat it actually does yeah it's
0: it, it is quite um it, it's very soft um but you, it's very aromatic as well so you got this double play happening with it um yeah. So we just did for just at the counter. We did some mix infusions with like pomegranate and things like that, and you get the aromatic of the rice and then the pomegranate. So it was quite interesting playing with the with the rice as a, as the neutral spirit, so to speak. Um, and yeah, it changed the way in which that product was from from what you do with wheat.
2: Right. So okay, so we've got your wheat gin um on the website where's the whiskey when can we try when's, your whiskey? The, when's the whiskey when's the whiskey? When the whiskey when is it ready when can i buy it oh.
0: <laughs> the, the rice whiskey we're still looking at probably about 15 months away before that one's ready
2: oh, right. right and how old will it be yeah. at that point What will the age be at that? Oh, we've lost him. I knew oh, it. Justin.
3: That's just that, him. That's Justin. how you get know, a good question, you see.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like, oh, I don't want to answer that one. Absolutely oh, no oh I remember
3: that one. <laughs> just unplug it from
2: <laughs> That's it. Throw Todd under the bus. Unplug. Oh, yeah. oh he's coming back in. <laughs> there you are. Sorry about that. All good, all good. Crafty going and faffing about with his still. Put some patents mm, on Crafty. Jumpy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be so i with i what I was asking. Oh, when? Mm, uh, and whiskey. and how 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 old will the whiskey be at that whiskey.
0: point after fifteen months?
1: Whiskey when? Ooh, it's getting cold. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we're looking at an, another 15 months before that. So that'll be just over the two-year mark. Right. Okay. And so and, and, we're, and we're using a third-use barrel so we don't get a heavy barrel. impact of wood on, the, on yep. the rice spirit.
1: So the rice will really come through. The, the underlying spirit notes will really come through and showcase.
0: Mm.
2: And what sort of barrel are you using? I, think we Sorry, I that right. uh, What sort of barrel are you using? Uh, I think I think we're I think we're oh, almost. done. All right, we're back. We're back. We got you. Yeah, I was I was wondering about your barrel. Oh,
0: it's it's breaking up a bit.
2: Yeah, I think so. We may need to call it there because I think we are.
1: Hang on, hang
2: on. Crafty's hang on. going to open the door, and he's going to freeze his nuts off a bit more. We'll see whether that helps. He's going to open the
3: door to help Nick. Um, yeah. I oh, know. We're talking about pieces of wood. stick. What wood?
1: No, no, no. Pick up a barrel. Pick up a whole barrel. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not John Jarvis. I can't do that. <laughs> your barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Have we lost Nick? I think
2: we might have. Yeah, I think I think we've lost him. Wow. We may need to pick up the conversation in a follow up uh, session at some point. uh, Because yeah, I think we're uh, we're starting to lose connection
1: all right well, well we'll um definitely well now before we go we
2: oh we're not going go. yet hold on hold on well we'll see whether we can come back in but we have somewhere in my collection of imagery here look at that
1: sponsors
2: oh. our wonderful oh. sponsors um some of them don't want you to call them. Uh mainly Bernsey and Youngie. Um uh, yep. Saverglass, dude. Don't call, don't call them, they'll call you. Saberglass, CCL, they'll definitely uh, they'll take your call. Uh Transwood, they're not interested either. They're too busy. Um they'd love they're to hear from you. Before. Love to hear from you, but they're very busy. Uh Wild
1: Wogan always That's have cool. water. They're always not sure. Have. They've and- got it. All Craftworks whiskey, gin, and vodka is, is using Wawogan water, and water counts. It's good water. It's good water.
2: And of good course, uh, barrel brokers. Uh, and uh, we're gonna have Robbie on in June, I think. Maybe. We-
1: yeah, yeah, I think we are. Absolutely. About then,
2: mid-year, I think we're going to have Robbie on. So that'll be interesting to
1: talk all things barrels and uh, foreign wood. Yep, yep. And I've got something to talk about too. So um, we are going to have a whiskey camp. So uh, a few weeks ago, we had a, uh, a whiskey, sorry, we had a camp. Called Epic in the Valley down the Capity Valley, second widest canyon in the world, and home of of craft works. Anyway, it was a raging success. The camp. So, for four years, I have wanted to have a dedicated whiskey camp, and we are now having the camp. So it's the shooting the shit, Aussie craft distillers whiskey camp. It is slated for the 2nd of September uh, to be confirmed. And we have a guest distiller joining us from Tasmania who will be uh, sitting around the fire and shooting the shit with us. The plan is it will be a weekend. Uh, So think like a ski weekend where you get picked up on a bus on a Friday and you get dropped off on a bus on a Sunday um, and everything included in that. So getting clear of the Australian Distillers um, Association conference next week and then turning focus to planning for the the camp. So, um, yes, it'll be the first shooting the shit Aussiecraft Distillers camp. Um, just, that'll be very,
2: very cool. And we also have coming up over the next few months as well, some tastings that'll be really, really cool. We won't tell you about them yet, but they're yeah, coming. They there will be booze available to buy and they're things that you just can't get. So I'm really excited for that. I think that'll be awesome. Um, I do want to absolutely say thank you very much to Nick from dusty barrel distillery uh, head to dusty barrel you can see uh what where and how uh from there there's links to the instagram as well where he's got some great shots of that epic still uh i reckon uh <laughs> yeah. alex would love to go and get a still <laughs> with that one it'd be a really unique <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank you all for joining us. Oh, there he is, he's back. you back, Nick. Hello. No, uh, maybe not.
0: no, maybe not.
2: Yes,
0: no, not really. no, maybe. so no good, no. no good. That's
1: all right. We've yes, done the plug. Thank you, thank We've got you another... for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Um, we covered off some real, real deep dive technical stuff, which is awesome. Uh, had a lot of fun and um, we will we will catch up soon, eh?
2: Yep. Sounds like a plan.
1: Sorry, buddy. And
2: next time I'm in Melbourne, I'll be uh, heading over your way to uh, uh, Yak myself. Always welcome. Brilliant. Thank Thanks, you all for joining us. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time.
1: Our next guest... Uh, oh, it is on that one because there may be a change to plan on that one? Oh, hang on, hold on two seconds. Hang on, let me check. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, talk amongst yourself. Oh boy, all
3: hold
2: right.
1: Can exactly. you guess exactly. who's in Something charge of the calendar? So uh, it would be oh, no, uh, Thursday the 14th, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah um so it's spirit of the french lick alan bishop who we're talking about tonight um u.s craft distiller one amazing fucker and um
2: yeah can you update the calendar so that the calendar doesn't say the crazy u.s fuckers anymore
1: yeah i know i have gotta do that (laughs) i thought i did no and the
2: best
3: thing is that it's the day before um good friday so I
2: was going to go to work the day after. Ah, oh, that'll be great. Brilliant. Uh, it will probably be a little. Uh, actually, we need to figure out the date and time for that. We'll have that conversation off air because they are in the US, and it's going to be either be really late fucking late or really fucking early for one of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Depends on who wants oh. to drink the most. Uh, but we will keep you all posted. In the meantime, please like and subscribe, follow on YouTube, Facebook, all the things. Give us the likes and thumbs up, the more of those we get. And we do still have our um uh, uh, Cooper for a Day to go off. We yep. can't give it away until we've got the 800 subscribers. Them's the rules. So subscribing to have it already,
3: Everyone.
2: just do it. Subscribe everybody in your family. The faster we get to the 800, the faster we get to give away Cooper for a Day with Andrew Young uh, over in the Barossa.
1: And who knows, we may give it away at the Whiskey Camp if we get the numbers.
3: If, mm, Don't be fence That'll be... We're
2: throwing down the gauntlet, people. Bam! Yeah. Take it. Run with it. All right. Signing off. Thank you all. Uh, have a good evening. Where is it? See so, ya.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>